Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. It's so good to have you here today. I have about three million announcements, which I will keep brief, um, but it's kind of exciting. I think it's been about two years since we had this many announcements, so we're going to take that as a piece of good news on its own. First, it is May Day, May 1st, and so that means we have First Sunday Supper tonight for first Sunday in the month. If you would like to come and help prep food, please come to the uh, Family Center gym at 3 p.m. If you would like to help clean up, uh, please come about 4.30. If you can't come for either, please do keep all of those workers and the guests uh, in your prayers this afternoon as we seek to feed people. On Tuesday at noon this week will be the Presbyterian Women Lunch. Uh, it is $10 at the door if you'd like to attend and have lunch. Any woman in the congregation uh, is invited to lunch. And men, if you'd like to make it a justice issue, you can try. But um, we're not going to let you in. So Presbyterian Women Lunch, noon at, on Tuesday. Wednesday at 10 a.m., my bakery district class will start up again. And this is the one I've been telling you about. It's Presby Who. Uh, we're going to take six weeks. Uh, to talk about some of the basic and major tenets of the Presbyterian faith, what we believe. That also will be um, podcasted. It will be on the podcast uh, between Phil and myself if you'd like to listen and can't make it at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. Thursday, we have your whole week scheduled for you. Thursday, uh, there will be the first official men's PBNF. Pancake, Bacon, and Fellowship Breakfast. Um, so 8 a.m. this Thursday, all men. We're like shakers with our separate staircases. All men will be welcome to a Pancake and Bacon Breakfast and Fellowship this Thursday at 8 in our Family Center. Two last announcements. You have this in your bulletin. I hope, I hope. It is nominating season this week and next week. Uh, we would love for you to put down your nominations for elder or trustee to serve in leadership in this congregation. Um, if you would please, following church, if you have a nomination, put it in our offering basket right up here at the front. Uh, we would love to include your nominations in that group's work. And finally, the most important announcement of all, we welcome the Northside High School Choir this morning. We're so glad they're here, and let's begin worship.
as I offer you this call to worship, the baskets that are coming down the, uh, the aisles right now are for prayer requests. So if you have any of those, feel free to share them. Listen now to these words from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness in you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Let us pray. Great and holy and merciful God, on this day we ask that you would prepare our hearts for worship. Help us to set aside all distractions and worries, anxieties and fears, and be fully present here as we receive your spirit as a community once more. Stitch us together as brothers and sisters in Christ and help us to worship you with passion and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. And now let's stand and sing our first song. It is hymn number one.
let's remain standing and offer this prayer of confession before God and one another. It is printed in your bulletins. Let us pray. Lord God, you sent your Son into the world, and yet the world did not recognize him. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, you continue to be present with us. Yet we confess we miss your presence among us. We have eyes that are open to our own troubles, but we do not see your work. Forgive us of our blindness. We have demands for fast results and easy hours. Forgive us our impatience. Help us be open to what you are doing in our lives and in this world. Transform us and make us into Easter people. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Amen. My brothers and sisters, in the waters of our baptism, we were claimed once and for all time by Jesus Christ. This means that no matter what we have done, no matter what we have left undone, we are a forgiven people, a new creation. The old life is gone, the new life has come. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Now let's sing to God's glory. As we prepare our hearts to be open to hear God's word, let us take a moment to silence all the other voices, all the other demands. Let us pray. Lord, you are a light to our feet. You are a lamp on our path. We pray that as your word is read and proclaimed that you would light our way. Give us enough of yourself for today, for this next step, for this next moment. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we've had Easter. That happened. And now it is not Easter. So often in the church what we do is we, of course, we have Lent leading all the way up to Easter, Holy Weekend Easter, and then usually the Sunday after Easter, uh, it's a very low Sunday. Pastors are always depressed the Sunday after Easter because it's been such a wonderful Easter, and then we, but even then, we have Easter passages. You know, we have Thomas, unless I see the hands, and we have Emmaus you know, a stranger among them who breaks bread, and it's Jesus. And then usually we skip to something else in between 
until we get to Pentecost uh, with red and fire. And we decided that we would take a few weeks to just look at that in between. Just look at what was happening with the disciples, with Jesus, with their life together in between Easter and Pentecost. So we're going to do that for a few weeks. And this morning, I have two scriptures for us about that. The first is from James, chapter 5. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. And then, from the book of Acts, the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. We know because they said they did. They wrote both. And so they have finished writing about Jesus' resurrection, about those resurrection appearances, and then they start in the book of Acts. This is chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until, after, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the presence of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wait for the promise of the Father. This is the word of the Lord. As maybe some of you know, I was at a conference this past week um, with 15 other pastors, which has all its own stories, which I'd be happy to tell you sometime. But one story that came out of the week was it was evening and all the teaching was done for the day and we're sitting around in some outside patio. And one of the women there regaled us with this story. She said, my four-year-old has entered a new phase. And we said, oh, tell us all about it. And she said, uh, one of the things she does at least a couple times a week now is she will fling herself to the floor and she will cry out in an agonized and dramatic voice, don't make me wait, on the floor, flung there. I hate waiting. This woman had us all laughing hysterically as we pictured this tiny little person, you know, being so melodramatic, flinging herself to the floor. Don't make me wait. As over the top as she is, apparently, I've never met her, and as over the top as many four-year-olds can be, I don't know that we are so very far from that ourselves. We are, most of us, older and wiser now. We have learned over time that we aren't going to get much of anywhere by flinging ourselves 
upon things. That doesn't work anymore. And no one wants to hear us yell very often, but on the inside, on the inside, it's often all four-year-old all the time. Most of us hate waiting. We hate waiting. I think usually the most common understanding of why we hate waiting is because we're anticipating something good and it isn't here yet. We get impatient. We want the good thing to begin, the thing we're looking forward to, and this preliminary time is just a pain. It's just a pain. That is usually, I think, why waiting is hard for us. We're waiting for the new job that's not yet here. We're waiting for the vacation that's not yet here. We're waiting for that next chapter, if only it would begin. We don't like it. But sometimes I think the waiting and what we hate about it is because something amazing has just happened. We have had a mountaintop experience. We have had a wonderful moment in our lives, and now it's over. And we know what that felt like, and this waiting period doesn't feel the same at all. When a friendship has ended and it won't be replaced. When senior year is over and you're never going back. Instead, you find yourself after that amazing thing in this waiting period. It's no fun, this in-between time. That's why most of us hate it. This in-between time is exactly where we find the disciples in our scripture today, in that Acts scripture. Jesus has been killed, he has been raised from the dead, and he has stayed with his disciples for 40 days. 40 days, we read, he was with them after his resurrection. And now he tells them it's time to wait. These disciples' lives have been transformed in a way that they will never replicate again. They will have wonderful moments, but it won't be the same as the time they had with Christ. It is a time that has changed them. It's a time that will change the world eventually, and they cannot go back again. And Jesus tells them that something amazing is still on its way, but they have no idea what it is or when it is. Wait here, he tells them. Wait, wait here. As these things tend to do, chapter 1 of Acts leads into chapter 2, and you may remember chapter 2 of Acts is that great Pentecost passage. As I mentioned, we usually just skip to it. It's that great passage when the Holy Spirit comes, fills the disciples, empowers them, sends them into the world, and do you know why it has the name Pentecost? It's because it was 50 days between when Jesus was raised and the Holy Spirit came. 50 days, Pente. 50 penta. See now, you can share that with everyone you know. So by my very basic math skills, that means that those disciples waited in Jerusalem for only God knew what, and I'm sure they hated it, not knowing, but they waited for 10 days. My basic math says, wait here for the promise of the Father. That's what Jesus had instructed, and they wait for 10 days. I'm sure they didn't enjoy it, treading water, wondering, can we go forward? Can we go backward? What does God have in mind for us? 
And as hard as those 10 days must have been for them, we know that the wait can be a lot longer. Our whole lives, in fact, viewed through a certain lens, can be seen as the great waiting, the long in-between. We've each been given the gift of life and about a million gifts all along the way, but there's so much about our faith and about our life with Jesus that is not yet. It's not fully here. As Paul writes, we see in a mirror dimly now, and one day we will see face to face. We are created in God's image and loved as God's own, and yet we groan because we are not redeemed yet. We live in the in-between, in the great waiting. We are waiting for the promise of the Father. And it's hard. Depending on the season and the situation in your life, the waiting is hard. But this in-between time is all that we have. All this time we think we're just waiting, it's going to add up to a life. It's going to add up to years, to your generation. It's all we have. This is our training ground for who we have been created to be and for who we hope to meet one day. This is the training ground, this in-between. Not only do we need to stop hating waiting, but we need to use it. We need to use this time. I don't know if you've ever read any of the writings of Richard Rohr, but he's a, a priest and a spiritual director and author, and he tells a story from his own life that I often think of, especially on Rogers Avenue, which you will understand directly. In this story, he describes that even to get out of his neighborhood, he has to go to this five-point intersection, this huge intersection in his town to get anywhere. And invariably, it has the longest stoplights he thinks he's ever sat at. And he hates it. He hates it. Just when he's about to begin, he's waiting. This is what he says about it. One day, as I was impatiently waiting and waiting for the light to turn green, I felt God saying to me, Richard, are you really going to be any happier on the other side of this intersection? He continues. Now it has become my daily meditation place where I get to practice living right here, right now. If I can't experience God and love and happiness and everything that matters in this impatient moment, I probably won't experience it on the other side of the intersection either. And then he finishes. As Catherine of Siena said, it's heaven all the way to heaven and it's hell all the way to hell. If we can't figure out what to do with the waiting, how will we be any different past any intersections? Wait here is what Jesus said to them. Wait here for the promise of the Father. This waiting time is what each of us has been given. This is the time we have to grow in our faith to practice abundant life, to start down the road to heaven so we get all the way to heaven. <laughs> so we even recognize heaven when it comes. 
We do that, recognize heaven, by how we wait now. There is no wasted time, it turns out. It is all holy, all this waiting. Every bit of it, sacred. So we well know that big things had happened in the disciples' lives before they waited. And more was on its way, we know that too. And while our lives are not, of course, exactly the same as the disciples, in this case, your life is not so very different. God has done amazing things in your life, and more is on its way. God has done amazing things in our life together, and more is on its way. It just is. It just is, because that is God's plan for his world. It is the promise he will not break. So let's wait. Let's wait right here. Amen. The table of bread and wine is now to be made ready. It is a table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It's the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It's the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table. You who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been here for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Let us pray. Holy God, as we gather at this table today, we pray that your spirit would be present in these elements, that in the bread and in the cup, our faith would be nourished and renewed, and we, we would be bound together as brothers and sisters to each other through the presence of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I invite you now to listen to the story of our faith. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We will have communion by intinction today, so that means we will invite you to come forward from the back first towards the front. Take a cup of grape juice and a piece of bread and then return to your seats using the outer aisles. We will hold our elements today and we will all eat and drink together as one people. And I would remind you that this is not a Presbyterian table. 
It is the table of Jesus Christ, and everybody who believes in him is welcome here. I invite our servers to come forward.
body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, in the course of our lives this day, we give you thanks for the in-between moments, the times of waiting, the instances where patience is required of us. Help us to remember that each of the moments in our lives are holy because they are blessed by you and by the presence of your Spirit. Help us to wait with patience for the redemption which has been promised us through Jesus Christ our Lord. While we are waiting, the busyness of life goes on. Our lives are consumed with work, with worry, with fear, with times of joy and times of hope. And as we gather this day in worship, we are ever mindful, especially of those whom we love and those who are in need of your healing presence and your touch in their lives. We pray for Lynn Creekmore as she undergoes health problems, for Bruce King as he continues to recover from his stroke, for Harry Chamberlain. And we take this moment now to offer aloud and in the silence of our own hearts our prayers for particular people and situations. As we gather around this table today, O oh Lord, we are ever mindful of the sacrifices it represents and the hope which it promises. And so we gather today with gratitude. Gratitude in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. Gratitude for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us in our lives. Gratitude this day for beautiful music, for the opportunity to sit with one another and worship. Gratitude for the relationships which form our lives. And thus it is with gratitude that we pray the prayer that we were taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we consider the many ways we have been blessed, please receive this offering of music.
Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us in our lives. We return our humble tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen. We thought it might be nice to bring back the Apostles' Creed on Communion Sundays, so we're going to say that together now. It is printed in your bulletin. Please remain seated. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's stand and sing our final song.
peace. Be of good courage. Show to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak in everything that you do. Do it in the name of the Lord. And as you go, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. And may the Lord fill you with peace this day and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Please greet in his name.